This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. I'm the host. You're the listener. The world is full of magic and possibilities. And uh, I'm kidding. I look, we're, this is a, an extremely special episode. Uh, it was supposed to be recorded in my backyard. And then there was some, you know, drilling, etc. My neighbors have kind of taken on a little project at, uh, you know, maybe they're putting on a nice addition. I can't say for sure. So now we're in my home and we're with a wonderful guest. Well, actually two wonderful guests, Kevin T. Porter and his dog, Dexter. Kevin and Dexter, welcome to Hey, okay. we're so happy to be here. And Dexter is not the gift, by the way. I just want to oh, say, because well, I thought about doing now. that, like my gift is my dog. But it's like, well, I'm not going to leave you, my dog. But like the gift of hospitality that he brings everywhere he goes. I would have been thrilled to just suddenly have a dog saddled on me. <laughs> and suddenly I'm taking care of a new orphaned pet. But you said you already had a dog, I right? do have a dog. Okay. And my boyfriend's constantly asking to get another dog. And I refuse. I think one dog is probably enough for now. Yeah, it's not only children's syndrome where they're going to grow up weird or messed up if they don't have a sibling. I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Shouts I, out to only children listening. To are pod. you an only child? No, I'm one of three. One and of I'm three. the youngest of three. Oh. What about you? I've got, I'm uh, middle of four. Oh, okay. Third of four. Third of so, four. Okay, the penultimate. The penultimate. In the, in the lineage, okay. There were three boys and my parents tried once more and they got a girl. Okay. And so uh, I think if, I had been a girl, my sister would not exist. Mm. But also three children in a Mormon family is a little small. Four is kind of the you minimum. You grew up Mormon? Grew up Mormon. Oh my gosh. So how do you like the Killers' new album? <laughs> <laughs> Look, That's I have... my first question. <laughs> I've heard that the Killers' new album is like about Utah or something. The Nephi... It's about uh, Nephi, city which, Nephi is, Utah. which is, of course, Nephi itself is named after... The the guy Nephi the, in the, the Book of Mormon, yeah, uh, Nephi, yeah, our favorite, everyone's fan fave. <laughs> There's a, a lot of Nephi fanfic on Tumblr you can check out. I actually 
feel like that's probably close to the truth. Probably. I feel like the Nephi character within this uh, within the Book of Mormon is kind of the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the town itself, uh, not a lot going on. No, it's like 3,000, and it seems ravaged by a, the opioid crisis as well as just abject poverty. And- right. Uh, a lot of... I, I feel like I've been through... I feel like mm-hmm. I saw a lot of sheep... Okay. Um, and you mean literal sheep, not like wake up sheep, oh sheep? Because <laughs> maybe you saw both. That's I came on strong with. This I saw a lot of sheep out there. This becomes a People rogue and adjacent their podcast. Own choices. <laughs> uh, just Stepford Wives. No, literal sheep crossing mm-hmm. the street. I could be wrong. That might be a different. There, you know, there's you know various small towns throughout central Utah mm-hmm. uh, with different types of farms and uh, farm life. Wait, where are you from? I'm from Texas. What part of Texas? I uh, grew up in Houston. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I, I moved to Houston when I was five. So oh, I feel like I'm from right. Texas, essentially. No, you're not from Tulsa. I think no, not post really. five, that's when you start to, you can make a memory. You can sure. start to form that identity. But I like Tulsa as a sort of uh, off the beaten path origin hometown like i believe bill haters from tulsa oklahoma oh, that's right kristen chinois from broken arrow oklahoma okay, i believe broken arrow uh hunter harris if you're familiar with her work she's a tulsa oklahoma native herself uh, <laughs> hunter harris who is this hunter harris is a phenomenal culture writer she used to work at vulture oh, okay and uh she's an amazing follow on twitter at hunter y harris a hunter if you're out there Welcome to I Said No Gift. She's the best. Um, you should have her on, honestly. <laughs> She's funnier than me. <laughs> She's way better. How am I not familiar with Hunter? Hunter, my apologies. I bet you've probably seen one of her tweets and you didn't know it or read something. She's very obsessed with The Star is Born. She's okay. very obsessed, as am I, maybe by <laughs> proxy. I do have a poster of Jackson Maine hanging above my, <laughs> my now, bedroom. Is Jackson Maine from the Gaga version? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've only seen, I only saw it once in theaters. Okay. Do you love the movie unironically or I tell you what, man, I can't tell anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I truly, I don't know. And it haunts me. I, I do. You know that, um, you know, the internet speak that people use the vernacular where they say, I think about this every day, or I think about this line in this movie every day, or I think about this at least once a day. Now I don't think about stars born once a day. But maybe every week it does come up, whether it's shallow, whether it's, hey, what? Just wanted to get another look at you. Whether it's one of those uh, instantly iconic moments or Jackson Maine, Bradley Cooper's bronzer in the movie and his hair. Like that does come up on a weekly basis, I would say. When you saw the movie for the first time, Mm -hmm. uh, I assume at the premiere. Yes, it literally was. Wait, you were at the premiere? Yeah. How'd you know? Oh, I was joking. Oh, well, I'm not. (laughs) How were you at the premiere of the movie? Uh, Oh, there's a funny story to that. I made... uh, When when that movie came out, this was like, looking back on it, maybe the peak of theater attendance of the last you know decade, and it's never going to come back in the same way, probably, unfortunately, sadly. But in 2018, the year that the movie came out, that trailer was before... I want to say an estimate of 500 movies I saw <laughs> that summer. So the trailer got burned into my brain. And I remember I, I saw a, a movie. The movie was a, a, an, a Simple Favor, the oh, Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively oh, movie. Oh, right. Kind of the spot. No, yeah. Murder mystery. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was at the Los Feliz 3. 
and they played the trailer before and my friend who I was with, I was like, it'd be funny if like it was Kermit and Miss Piggy <laughs> starring in a star is born. So I made a trailer in which it was just Kermit and Miss Piggy. Oh. And I like took all this footage from the Muppet movies and the Muppet show and like tried to do like a perfect lip sync with all the lines in the trailer. And like Dave Chappelle was Fozzie Bear and <laughs> Piggy was Gaga and Kermit was Jackson. And then I, I put it up on Twitter and I don't think it went viral, but it, it, there was enough views that Warner Brothers reached out and said, hey, do you want to go to the premiere? What? That's incredible. So I, me and a plus one went. And it you was and Miss Piggy. Fun. Yeah, me and Miss Piggy. No, <laughs> I, I will go on record as saying she was not Miss Piggy. Uh, I would never uh, do Kermit dirty like that and, and take his gal out. Uh, nor would I call the person I was with Miss Piggy. <laughs> No, I would cut Miss. It would be an honor to be called Miss Piggy. She is one of our great people. She's one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. She's That's incredible. Mm-hmm. She gets what she wants. Mm-hmm. She's extremely violent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She dresses impeccably. And she's probably good. That relationship probably unlocked things for a lot of hetero couples and i'm sure a lot of queer couples too but oh, especially absolutely. for hetero couples they're like hey you know what this is a model she can be a bit of a dom you can be a bit of a sound right. in these different ways like this is fully viable and healthy <laughs> she looks better than ever mm-hmm. uh why there was never just a miss piggy movie is beyond me she has a whole family some of them goes uh, are like astronauts mm-hmm, am i wrong mm-hmm. uh, i mean the muppet ip right now is kind of in a state of disarray uh, it's it's really wild if you if you follow it down i uh i saw a news story recently that frank oz is like i'm i want nothing to do with the muppets anymore well because disney doesn't want him to have anything to do with the muppets too because he was obviously og miss piggy right was frank oz because it is like especially in those early muppet shows it's like uh this is like a fem yoda <laughs> in <laughs> terms of the Ms. voice Piggy and yoda yeah. yoda is like her ancestor mm-hmm. yeah that's what it feels like but then there's that and then four years ago uh the guy who's been voicing kermit since mr jim henson passed away Steve Whitmire was fired by the Henson estate. Oh, you're kidding. And now the new guy doing Kermit, because the one that we grew up with right. in our generation is like, hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. And now the guy that they have doing it, a guy named Matt Vogel, who's like a very talented Muppeteer, but he's like, oh, hey, Fozzie, it's good to see you. Oh, it's like way no. lower. It sounds like a grown man who's like a real estate agent doing a Kermit <laughs> impression. Oh, I don't like to hear that. No. <laughs> and that's what we're just stuck with? I know. That's the thing, too, is like everyone in America has a Kermit impression. You think you could find someone to Easily. do it. But Matt, Matt was in the in the system. He's I mean, obviously, he's very talented, but just is not my Kermit. Hashtag not my Kermit. <laughs> that's your bumper sticker. Yeah, that's right. I saw you pull up. Um, I have very few core beliefs, but that is one of them. <laughs> Now, this is the thing with the Muppets for me. I mean, mm-hmm. we could talk about the Muppets for the rest of this podcast. I don't care. The only Muppet movie that ever really landed for me is the original Muppet movie. Okay, yeah, the first are, one in the 70s. Yeah, what are your feelings on all of the Muppet movies? I mean, honestly, that 2011 Muppet movie, I loved. It worked. I thought it was terrific, the Jason Segel, Amy Adams one. Interesting. I thought the okay. songs were great. I thought the story worked, and I didn't see the follow-up, The Muppets Most Wanted. Right. I didn't watch I the, about that. the TV show. That was kind of a parody of The Office and the mm-hmm. docu-series style. I didn't watch any of that, but I love the 2011 Muppets. I don't know if I've seen the original Muppet movie all the way through. Kevin, I know. what are we talking about? It's excellent. It I sounds know. up so well. I believe soundtrack. you. 
There's almost a way in which I don't want to watch it because then I won't have it to look forward to anymore. If that makes sense. You could sense. die on your way home today and then you never saw them up at movie. I know, but then isn't that beautiful in a way? And that'll be the first line <laughs> of my obit. It's like he never saw the Muppet movie, but he did some other stuff. But he appropriated Muppet culture all throughout his life. Unbelievable. This is, uh, for me, this is a little upsetting. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand. You get uh, things revealed on podcasts that are shocking, that are disappointing. This might be the most disappointing no, of all. It's like talking to someone who is a fan of the aforementioned killers and you're like, and you love Mr. Brightside, right? And they're like, what's Mr. Brightside? <laughs> it would be like that, that, that central of a text to the fandom. Oh, promise it's just me like a that you'll go spot. home. Yeah, you I watch. will. I will, I, you know, I'll make a promise to you. I'll watch it before the end of the year, which we only have like three and a half months left. No, two and a half months. Isn't that why? Two and a half. We're right at two and a half. That's devastating to hear. Mm -hmm. What a horror. As of recording this, maybe not when this comes out. This is coming out in 2024. Oh, wow. Uh, So who knows what will. You're really banking ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a lot of big plans. I've just got to get ahead, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows where I'll be? I may be kidnapped. I may be stranded on an island. You're going to go on vacation for three years. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I may just vanish into the wilderness. There's Mm -hmm. no real telling. So you've got to bank episodes. This, uh, who knows where, you know, the 2024 elections are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone get out and vote. Yeah. MTG, we represent <laughs> Hive Rise Up. Marjorie's our gal. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy, you know, in the intervening years, how she did switch to become a radical left socialist. <laughs> she renounced literally everything she ever said in her life. And now she's on our team. She saw the light. Yeah. Marjorie, <laughs> welcome to the resistance. Welcome, Marge. Um, yeah, okay, well, that's shocking. Have you seen The Great Muppet Caper? Yeah, I did see that when I was a kid. I think that one stinks. Mm, really? Okay, that's the one with, she's on the motorcycle, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I don't think it stinks. I remember watching it and being like, this doesn't work for me. And then there's Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? Uh, if I have, it's not been a long time. I know, Kevin, this is disgusting. It really t- is disgusting. the 2011 one? I saw the 2011 it's one. Fine. Muppet Treasure Island and Muppets Ooh. in Spain. Ooh. Have you seen Christmas Carol? Yes. I watched that last year. I yeah. feel like that's good. It is good. It is good. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Parts of it some... are genuinely... Well, Michael Caine is acting in it as if he's not in a Muppet movie. Right. He's like going for an Oscar in that movie in the best, most sincere way possible. Who plays... Uh, is she the love interest in it? The Who's the female lead of the movie? I, I feel like she's there good. Is a female lead Wait, really? In, there in isn't like... Muppet Christmas Carol? Yeah, isn't there? Uh, like, I feel like there's a woman who sings kind of a uh, beautiful love song or something in it. Ooh, I'm not remembering it. Ooh, and there's no way to look it up. We so have we'll never erased know. this person from the movie. Unfortunately, this is heartbreaking. That's uh, the only thing about the Muppet culture is that it's not. It's not uh, super like female progressive. There's like two true. Uh, women Muppets that you could. Name. You've got Miss Piggy. You got Janice. Wait, who's Janice? Janice is, is the one the in the, of the band. band? She's like, hey, man. She yeah. rules. She kind of looks like Joni Mitchell a little bit. Janice, that's a good name. But then past that, I mean, who You are have we? to go to Sesame Street, and that's not even technically right. Muppets. I feel like Rizzo might have a wife. Mm-hmm. Yet Beaker and... Uh, wait, what's Beaker's friend? Uh... Dr. Dr. Snuffy. Green. I don't know. Yeah. Dr. Doctor. Greenbald. Listen, I'm not a Muppet expert. I brought you on. Unfortunately, I know. This is a... Oh, God. I know. I feel so embarrassed it's just and too much. Listener, and this all started with Jackson, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> I promised you a Muppet 
you know, expert and we bring on a fraud, um, <laughs> someone who's kind of just built his entire brand about around knowing Muppet and Muppet culture. Yeah, shame. this is kind of my uh, A Million Little Pieces moment. <laughs> I'm Oprah. your Oprah. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad you know what that is. <laughs> James Frey, I believe that's that gentleman's James, name. James Frey. Mm-hmm. I never read the book. Did you read the book? No, I just saw sprinkles on his hand. I was like, that looks gross. I'm not reading that. I only recently learned those were sprinkles. I mm-hmm. feel like I had only seen like thumbnail photos of the book. You thought they were bees or something? I thought it was like broken glass or something. And For the listener that may not know, there's a gentleman named James Frey who put out a memoir, I think about drug addiction and going to rehab and yes. whatnot. In the 2000s, Oprah had him on her show and plugged his book on the book club. And she's like, it's great. Everyone read it. And then came out. He was like, oh, yeah, I lied about a lot of that stuff. And then she had him <laughs> back on. And she's like, what the hell? And he's like, sorry. <laughs> and it was uncomfortable. Yeah. I uh, I wonder if the book is compelling if you know that it's fake. You know, maybe he's a good author. Or I, is it one of those things where it's like, well, this is fascinating, so I'll read garbage. With most memoir, and especially the celebrity memoir stuff, where it's more than half ghostwritten, you just kind of take it with a grain of salt. Right. Like, this is... Does anyone remember this this well? Any, right. I, I always think that, especially like reading autobiography stuff. And so you kind of have to factor in fiction as a part of it. Now, if it's like literally lying about like, I went to rehab when you literally didn't, that's, that feels different. But yeah, my memory's shot. Like if I sat down and tried to read a memoir, I would absolutely have to fabricate 90% of it. I feel the same way. Just to keep people interested. My yeah. life is extremely boring. Are you afraid they're going to use a soundbite against you when your memoir drops <laughs> of course, in 2024? Say, I was a different por- yeah, person. In a I week from now as this episode comes out. <laughs> Penguin made the book deal. Or no, that'd be more like a random house joint. <laughs> I, I, my goal for this podcast is always to have audio that can be used against me in court. Great. And so this is a little something for my lawyer, uh, you know, uh, the other lawyers involved, whoever's suing me. You're trying to Mike Richards yourself whenever yeah. you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. The dream. Just destroy me. Um, no, Glenn. Wait, not Glenn. I was going to say Glenn. James Frey. Glenn Frey is the Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Glenn Frey is another person who's created a bunch of garbage. <laughs> oh, my ooh. apologies to the Eagles fan base out there. but mm, Especially uh, Sam. Sam. The Eagle. The uh, <laughs> yeah. Back to the Muppets. <laughs> Forget the Muppets for a minute. Okay, okay, did okay. Did Sam the Eagle vote I'm for focused. Trump? Yeah, he did. You hate to hear that. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. we the, the dark road of, like, which of my favorite fictional characters voted for who? Like, Mayor of Easttown had economic anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Like, she definitely I am not letting you come concerns. on here and say that Mayor voted for Trump. Mayor had a good head on her shoulders. <laughs> Uh, she's got her daughter who's in the cool band. Mm-hmm. She's got, you know, she's got the life experience. I think that she, she was also in a swing state. Mm-hmm. I know. That's what I'm saying. Mayor, reach out. Uh, correct the record. Now there is uh, as we're recording this, there is a new series coming out on Paramount plus called mayor of Kingstown. That can't, this be is true. true. This is hundred percent true. <laughs> so Jeremy Renner and oh, no. Kyle Chandler. <laughs> who I love. Oh, I love Kyle Chandler. I know. And Comforting a, presence. Oh, gosh. I mean, I when I was in college, I got to interview him on a red carpet event for the You're Texas kidding. Film Hall of Fame. And I think it's still the most handsome man I've ever seen in real life. He's such a good looking person. Yeah. I, uh, he's got just a general vibe that I find deeply good looking. 
And I've never watched, I've only watched the pilot of Friday Night Friday Lights. Friday Night Lights? I loved it. Yeah. Why haven't I finished it? It's, I also love Connie Britton. Oh gosh, I got to interview her too. But still, and she's obviously gorgeous, but yes. Kyle was just like a, was a different level, man. I wouldn't be able to do that interview. Yeah. I'd pass away. I know. I was like 18 years old. I'm oh, sure I sucked. Grief. Another, uh, while we're on the subject of young interviews, you know, and I've gotten to talk to a lot of great people that right. I admire over the years through podcasting and whatnot. But maybe the one I'm most slash least proud of is I did interview Katy Perry when I was 12 years old. <laughs> what? Was this pre-fame? This was in her Christian rock phase. Whoa. She was not Katy Perry. She was Katie Hudson. And she did a concert at a church. And I attended that concert. She was the opening act. And a friend of mine worked at the local Christian radio station. He said, I'll interview this acting. You can interview her. She was like 15 or 16 years old at the time. Cause she's not that much older than me. And I had like three or four questions. I'm like, tell us about the album. And the audio of this does exist. A friend of mine did keep it Has from this like been released on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put oh, on an episode of one of my podcasts. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's cringe, but it's kind of cute. And it's also like, it's such an interesting look into like, what her life must have been like at the time and how strange it must have been. Cause we all had crushes on her, even at the time, even when she was doing all these Christian songs, she was really charming and effusive and, and charismatic. And in that way, that was so magnetic. And, um, yeah, so I did interview. So was this like, this was like 2002, 2000. Oh, this is yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. This was 18 years ago. Sir. Whoa. <laughs> well, I, I am. So she was nice and she was fun. Yeah. I had like three questions. It was what like, were they? It was like, uh, I think the last one was literally, do you have anything else to say? (laughs) (laughs) So 12 year old boy, I was like, well, show us what you got. (laughs) Prove to me why I should care about you. I love, do you have anything else to say? That's another podcast. You just set up the mic. I think you should end these podcasts. Right. And then you just, I walk away and leave the guest with the microphone. Uh And then I filibuster (laughs) until the next episode, the next week. Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. My one experience with Katy Perry was, uh, I believe it was maybe tw- 2008. Uh, some friends and I used to go up to Sundance while it was happening and would like try to get into concerts, this sort of thing. We got into a concert um, that she was playing pre-pop. Uh, she was like playing acoustic guitar, excruciating. Uh, one of the worst nights of my life. She wasn't good. I hated it. I just, oh, okay. uh, you know, it was, she was doing the like, kind of like trying to be edgy thing. Um, but with folk music and like, I didn't want to be there anyway. I believe Shooter McGavin was also there, uh, just as a, a celebrity or something. What a crew. I remember seeing Shooter McGavin. And, uh, and then when she really hit the scene, I was like, you know, she really went through an evolution there. If you listen to her 2002 Christian album, which is available on YouTube. <laughs> As all good things are. YouTube is my favorite streaming service, by the way. I pay for a, a premium subscription. Is that true? Yeah, no ads, and I'm, I'm there on there all the time. It's amazing. Wow. What are you watching? Uh, you know, like a lot of uh, cooking videos. Oh, right, right. A lot of tutorials, a lot of video essays, a lot of old performances, a lot of Dick Cavett show interviews. Oh, I love a Dick Cavett show right? interview. Excellent interviewer. Uh, so yeah, surfing on YouTube. Oh, what was my larger point about? That? Oh, her vocal antecedents you can hear on the Christian album are a little warped to her core. Like no it way. is, it is like, <laughs> like it is more that that uh, vocal delivery that you can hear a little bit on "I Kissed a Girl," but it's like all but gone on 
smile or whatever her newest album yeah i feel like she god bless her i mean we don't need to get into the Katy perry world Mm -hmm. she's pieces of me all of me whatever that (laughs) documentary was called um look Katy perry miss piggy Mm -hmm. all of this aside i asked you here today for a specific actually just to talk. Yeah. I just wanted to see you in my backyard. I mean, what a great premise for a show where it's just give me stuff. That is not the premise of this show, Kevin. <laughs> Absolutely not. I asked you just to come over to my backyard. I thought, we'll have a nice time. We're both deeply tan uh-huh. men. We'll work on our I know. Bronze. Is this a strange Marx Brothers uh, <laughs> podcast experience right now? Like doing the, the mirror routine? Um, it really is. I'm this certain is- I've gotten you as a... As a, a, a lookalike in, oh, in my, my past. Oh, I hope I, that's not not flattering. Oh, it would be extremely <laughs> flattering. This does feel kind of like a Spider-Man uh, running into the doppelganger. Mm-hmm, yeah, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but, you know, we th- I thought we'll spend some time in the backyard. We'll have a nice time. He'll go home and we'll move on with our lives. And then, of course, uh, the neighbors start their construction. We move into the house. We're in this kind of echo office that i've constructed and you came in you were holding a bag i was yeah the podcast is called i said no gifts i know and i was a bad little boy and i, I said <laughs> i'm not following the rules i'm going a different way altogether you are kind of known in the podcast com- community as a troublemaker oh i know listen i mean if you smell something it's the bridges i'm burning <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that is you brought this bag with you. I and did. I'm just, I have to ask, is this a gift for me? It is a gift just for you. Okay. It's a cute my friend. little brown bag Thank you. Um, with some pink tissue coming out of it. Should mm-hmm. I open it here on the show? I would love if you did. Okay. I'm going to open it. I'm going to open mm-hmm. it. Wait. Oh my gosh. Look at that. Look Kevin. at God. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, for the listener, should know, runs a, which you, it's a business at this point. Oh, sure. Yeah, kind of. I <laughs> yes, mean, it is a little bit. The baked goods. It's called mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, of course, been to the website multiple times, always tempted to buy, but then I think <laughs> I'm just going to bake at home. Because I love to bake. Do you home. love to bake as well? Of course. I love, oh. not like you, not like you, because you are like, you're, you are doing your own stuff at this point yeah i'm trying to um so i listener i've brought out another little brown bag full of some sort of baked good a bar mm-hmm. a bar cookie i have bars for you today what type of bar cookie is so this, this is a snickerdoodle cheesecake bar good grief and uh freshly baked from yesterday oh and then chilled in the fridge for 24 hours before coming here and it is pretty much what it sounds like uh for the listener at home the aesthetic is, it looks like almost a sandwich cookie, but in bar form. There's a brown cinnamon crumbling on top and bottom with a white cheesecake streak oh, going through the middle. This is, okay, so we need to get into this. I could talk, I mean, this could, if <laughs> if I wanted to, could just transform this entire podcast into talking about baked goods. And I'm sure a sure. lot of listeners are like, oh no, it's one of those episodes I'm I'm out. This is a type of episode you have on the show now. <laughs> it comes up that frequently. Occasionally, when baked goods get brought up, I'm like a dog with a bone. Mm-hmm. It's all I'll, I'll talk about. Really? Look, oh, I man. grew up in Utah. My mom's a, a baker. 
I, I mean, like a at-home baker, but an excellent baker. I love a baked good. I've ha- I have a long history with cookies uh-huh. that at one point was deeply unhealthy. Oh, is that true? I was eating nine cookies a day. At what age? Uh, in my 20s. Okay. Uh, mid-20s, you know, whether they were purchased at a store or baked by me, it was nine cookies a day. Okay. I was obviously, you know, filling a void. Sure. This was before I came out. This, I was living alone. You, what, what else do you do at night but eat nine cookies a day? And then were you counterbalancing that with a lot of exercise? No. <laughs> I was walking to work, so maybe that's, uh, but that was only a mile. This sounds like the saddest person's life. No, I just it actually I, was. I'm interested. Everyone has a different relationship with food, and especially right. it changed in the last 18, 19 months for a lot of us. Oh, and yes. So it's uh, it's all valid. Wow. Yeah. So I love to talk about baked goods and I love to hear about other, you know, it's always kind of shocking to me that other people don't like regularly. I eat cookies every single day. Is that true? Every day, unless I'm having ice cream. Are they cookies that you bake? Yes. At okay. this point, they're unless like somebody sends me cookies or, for example, now suddenly I've got these in my uh-huh. life, uh, they're cookies baked by me. Okay, because I did say as I came into your lovely home, immediately envious of the counter space. Yeah, I have a more. I moved in here last year mm-hmm. uh, from uh, an apartment that had essentially no counter space, and so you know, uh, I don't know what your your current counter space situation is, but it makes baking. Uh, you have to get creative if you've got smaller. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. feel very lucky now that I can kind of spread out and make an even bigger mess. Yeah. Um, but I I also have become so efficient. You know, I uh, started baking in a studio apartment that was essentially the size of, it was essentially my bathroom and a futon. And so I was really working in a tiny space there, moved into various other places. And so I, I still work in maybe a two foot by two foot space. Yeah, um, that's about what I'm rocking now. I, I got about a sixteenth of what I saw out there. And you're baking. You're running a business. <laughs> I know. How does this work? It's not for efficient. You? <laughs> <laughs> it apparently is. It's a bad idea. <laughs> I and mean, I've just added ice cream to the repertoire too. <laughs> right. I have an ice cream flavor to pitch to you. Oh, I would love to hear it. I've been I'm, trying to get more creative. I want somebody that. to create this flavor for my own selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you it here now? Yes. I even have a name for it. It would okay. be called Grasshopper Road. Grasshopper it's a mint Road. ice cream with chocolate, marshmallows, and nuts. It's like a Rocky yeah. Road, but mint. It's a Grasshopper meets Rocky Road. Oh, like that's a Grasshopper easy. cookie. I'll make it. I'll make it tomorrow. Make it. Yeah, that's It'll like be a, a huge seller. That, that could be a Ben and Jerry's chocolate cream base with like two teaspoons of peppermint extract. Oh. Then maybe like candied walnuts oh plus um either homemade vanilla bean marshmallows or just the stay puff from the i say do stay puff yeah easier and i think the texture it is easier and let they're like slightly less sweet mm-hmm. okay i'm sorry i'm now pitching my own <laughs> ice cream flavors on my podcast because I, how often do you meet someone who makes ice cream i mean uh, the other day uh, so i was telling you we'll we'll do a local plug if it's not inappropriate or if it doesn't conflict with the sponsor but jameson brown is a local coffee shop and roaster uh here on this part of town in pasadena closer to where i live and they have certain signature drinks, uh, one of which is a Vienna latte, which is just, you know, it's probably a drink a lot of cafes have, but it's something with just honey and cinnamon. 
Ooh. They have another one called a mind mocha, which is mocha plus chipotle powder. Oh, sure, sure. And so I did an ice cream version of both of those lattes using their ground up beans in oh. espresso. And that was my first time, like, really experimenting with, like, trying to match a flavor that I hadn't seen before right. in the recipe. And I think it came out pretty good. How? God, I have, I truly have so many questions. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'm Please. like, I, I, I need, a, like, a, an assistant sitting here for to whisper my questions. Remember this, remember this. But mm-hmm. let's, let's start, let's keep with ice cream for a moment. I'm curious how you make ice cream at home and how you learned how to do it. Sure. So I... Got an ice cream maker about two months ago. Okay. It wasn't too long ago. And for those who are thinking about it at home, I say do it, especially if you're one of these filthy one percenters with a kitchen (laughs) freaking island living in Idaho making like 30 grand a year, but you can afford a five bedroom house with a kitchen island. I say spring for the ice cream maker that has a compressor in it. Okay. Which is different from obviously the hand crank stuff, but then also sort of attachments like you would have for like a KitchenAid stand mixer or something where you have to put the bowl or the bucket in the freezer for at least 24 hours. Because oh. that's the big bummer, at least up until recently, of making ice cream. is like, I want to make ice cream today. Okay, well, I can make it tomorrow after putting in the bucket if I haven't like had the forethought right. to do it. But what the compressor machine does, I have a Cuisinart Ice 100 machine. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them. I would love to be. Send Cuisinart. Please send Kevin something. <laughs> something. You're, You're a like giant a, a sticker. I'll put it on my laptop. <laughs> um, and so what that does is you just turn it on for 15 minutes and it freezes the bowl as it churns. Ooh. So what that means is you can also make multiple batches in a day, which you right. cannot do with your traditional ice cream machines. So I got this machine and then I got mm, about five or six different ice cream cookbooks, Jenny, salt and straw. Right. Obviously the Ben and Jerry's one, Van Leeuwen, the perfect scoop was another one I got. And just started like mixing and matching different recipes from that. Okay. Uh, G- uh, Jenny's has had my favorite strawberry ice cream recipe. Salt and straw had my favorite goat cheese with like a habanero blackberry jam recipe. Ooh. Or like a lavender honey. A lot of people have lavender honey recipes. I think salt and straws is my favorite. And essentially what it is, because I've been less creative even with baking, I think, than I, I've been able to do with ice cream. Because if you just start with the base, like mm-hmm. whatever your base is. Uh, like Ben and Jerry's has a base that's like custard. So it's just two eggs, two cups of heavy cream, three fourths cup of sugar, and then one cup of milk. Okay. And then that's your base. And then you can do whatever you want with it. You can as get far really as like freaky. Yeah. You can get freaky deaky. Like I made, um, uh, I like doing like a lot of cereal based stuff. So like making like a lucky charms, ice cream, oh, or cinnamon toast sure. crunch. I made a Captain Crunch one where I added like freeze dried, uh, corn powder. Like you would use like in a milk bar. Right, right. Uh, formerly known as crack pie or some of their other stuff <laughs> that they have. And I, I did that plus like a teaspoon of, of uh, grounded up Captain Crunch and then two cups of Captain Crunch in it. And it's oh, like a sweet corn crunch. That sounds lovely. Which tastes different from the cereal. Right. But it is like familiar enough where it's like, well, I like Captain Crunch. It's like, well, you may also like sweet <laughs> corn crunch, this particular ice cream. So it's been really fun. And it's honestly... It's so fun to make because it's a little bit easier, especially with that machine, than making something like a full like three tier layer cake or even a pie where like the crust process can take two hours. So intimidating. Oh, man. I made a pistachio cloud pie the other day. Oh, that sounds lovely. It was really good. 
It was actually, I think maybe the prettiest things I've, I've one of, you know, prettiest things I've made, which is not saying a lot because <laughs> I don't know if aesthetics are my strong suit, but, uh, but it took forever, but it was worth it. Right. But something like ice cream, you can just be like, la, 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 and you can be a little more intuitive with it. I think in the way that you can with cooking, because right. people talk about like the precision you need with uh, oh, with baking. baking, oh my God, you you can't screw around. If you're like a quarter teaspoon off this or that, it's like, well, the whole thing's ruined. But if you get the base right, and then you're adding like mixins and stuff, you can actually be a little more imprecise, right. if that's a word, uh, with it. So I recommend it. Do you have an ice cream maker? I'm not making ice cream. <laughs> this you is could. The thing. I love to bake, but almost exclusively cookies. Uh, mm-hmm. Like with a bar recipe, I'm like... If I, if it gets screwed up, it's an entire pan ruined. Okay, and I, the anxiety for me over the top. Gotcha. I'll occasionally make a brownie, mm-hmm. and I'm usually satisfied. But the lead up is just too much. The melting, the chocolate, all of this—it's just—it's uh, very stressful. And I bake just to basically calm myself down. So it's nice. Like I know how to make a good chocolate chip cookie, and I know I'll use different recipes from various bakers um what's I, your what's your like greatest hit of a cookie where it's like i really want to i'm i'm having people over oh, i want to have some sweets what's, i've created i've kind of created my own little recipe at this point okay. using different things that i like that's like it's on the thicker side i'm now using partially bread flour which oh. uh was a in the last couple of years, uh, a discovery for me. I really like the flavor it brings to a cookie. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used a bread flour in a cookie? I don't believe I have, no. It gives it a bready taste. Mm-hmm. That may sound strange. I've only used bread flour, I think, in like cinnamon roll stuff. I'm using part, uh, almost all bread flour in this particular recipe, and it creates a nice cookie. It's thicker? It's thicker. Okay. It's got like a slight, it's got the slight breadiness to it, which saying that aloud sounds bad. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of my thing. I've been using this uh, bang pan banging recipe from this baker Sarah Kiefer. I want to say is her name. Okay, uh, which always dazzles people. But it does require a lot of banging in the oven. You have to lift up the pan and bang it. Oh, that's every right. Few to minutes. spread it in a particular creates way, like right? a yeah. crinkle. Mm-hmm. Delicious. What's your favorite thing to bake? I mean, I go back and forth. I I get into phases with different kinds of cookbooks. So. I've been hosting people over my place recently again because that was the number one thing I missed about last year. Right, more than restaurants, more than travel, more than going to the movies. I was like, I miss having more than one person over <laughs> to my place. So to host, I've been making a lot of different kinds of cakes. Oh, and I got really into the milk bar cake stuff. Sure. Which, for those that may not know, the milk bar cake sort of philosophy is exposed edges. Mm-hmm. So instead of having like a perfectly uniform frosting on the top and on the sides you do it where it's all exposed but you can see everything that's in it so you can see the frosting you can see each cake layer and my uh piece de resistance as of late was i made an ice cream milk bar cake using homemade ice cream so it's a roasted strawberry buttermilk homemade ice cream vanilla cake sour cream frosting and then graham cracker crumble in between that sounds disgusting it was really tall <laughs> it was i almost could not make it <laughs> how tall it. was it it was uh, it was over a foot i think wow yeah <laughs> um wow that so i mean yeah for me that's so many things that i couldn't even begin to imagine making that at home so it's admirable yeah and again with this much counter space <laughs> right? what you see and you're before running you a business is this ruining your life 
Uh, you know what? Well, when I launched it, I did it all for, uh, for charity. So all the profits went to the SELA neighborhood homeless coalition, right. uh, which is a nonprofit here in Los Angeles, helping unhoused people. And it was great to be able to do it as like, to just like jumpstart and get like essentially a customer base. And it was easy for people to plug because it was for a charity. And then after that leveled out and because I got like a deluge of orders where it was literally like I was baking and delivering within LA County. Oh. Cause I said, anywhere in LA County, which oh. turns out is really big. <laughs> it's a very big amount. And Palos Verdes, technically LA County. <laughs> <laughs> Monrovia, LA County. Did you go to Monrovia? Of course. Well, oh. Monrovia is actually not far from where I live. That's like two exits down okay. from me. But Palos Verdes, that's a that's a drive. Wherever Biola is, where is that? I I've mean, never essentially even heard Pomona. Of this. Yeah. Bible Institute of Los Angeles. That's technically <laughs> LA County, baby. So there was a couple of weeks where it's just like, that's all I did. It's leveled out since then. It's more manageable. It's more like a, a dozen or less orders per month now. So it's just okay. like this fun little thing I get to do. So do you, wait, do you ship at all? No, because I, well, one, I don't think I'm technically licensed to ship. Oh, right. So there's like the legal issue. But then two, I get a little nervous about how cost prohibitive it is because to, to do shipping on top of all that stuff and then to keep it fresh and to get it within a certain amount of days. So then when they get it, it's not stale. Takes a lot. And it's something that people have asked about specifically because there's a lot of people who have DM'd and just said, Hey, I'd like a cookie. Can you freaking <laughs> ship? And I'm like, I'm working on it, but not yet. But it's something I've just like constantly put off. Do you want to expand the business? No. No. <laughs> I don't That's think great. so. That's great. That's just something you like doing. Yeah. And I we'll continue so. doing it at the level you're at. I, the margins for food, like uh, any dummy can tell you, and I guess now I can tell you from experience, the margins with food work, if you're not producing at a mass scale mm -hmm. or overcharging, are just like hard to right. make it work. And I'm even finding that even with like just little deliveries where it's like, well, I don't want to charge like five bucks a cookie for a dozen cookies. Like I want to do something reasonable where it's not like, well, why would I do this instead of just either make them myself or get Oreos from the grocery right. store? So to do that and then like keep it at a reasonable rate, it's just hard to, I understand why biz, like food businesses, restaurants, cafes struggle to do it. Um, okay. Well, look, uh, I could, I literally could talk about baking for the rest of the day. And I know we didn't even get into pies, oh. <laughs> big little pies. <laughs> That's right. You have the whole big, big little pies thing, uh, that you were doing years ago, right? That was like two years ago. I guess yeah. that uh, time. I know that was 2019 was the season two of big little lies was big wow. little pies, a theme party we did in my place where everyone brought pies. I didn't bake a single pie for that. That was when I was not in my baking Phase, wow really. yeah so is it's that been a late like pandemic started the baking for you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i hosted a cookie party in maybe 20 i want to say 2012 uh oh, wow. which was simultaneously very successful and also a, a real learning lesson where it was like you ask people to bring cookies and they expect you to eat every everyone expects you to eat their cookie uh-huh you but have then 12 people come. Yeah. To eat. That's just not viable. <laughs> it's not sustainable. I did a bake off for my birthday last year. Oh, like did outdoors. You win? No, the whole idea is like, I don't want to bake. Y'all oh, bake. And it was really okay. cute. We had a really fun That's time. That's a good idea. With it. But, you know, in the spirit of Big Little Pies, uh, 
I don't know when this comes out, but October 17th, Succession Season 3 comes out. And we are going to have the Succession Suck Session, which <laughs> is an ice cream social and popsicle gathering where we have homemade popsicles and ice creams like roasted oh, straw jerry, buttermilk, cousin Greg Nog. Beautiful. Uh, served in Waystar Roy Cones. Uh, homemade Roy Cones. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing we haven't mentioned about your uh, business, Kevin Bacon, is that every cookie has kind of a name. A uh, terrible pun. Name. Terrible pun. Uh, baking name. Do, wait, do these uh, bars have a name? You know, I call them Snickerdoodle Cheesecake Bars, but my friend Chelsea, she, well, she gave me the name. If you really want to call it something, you can call it Lana Del Cakes Cinetime Cheeseness. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it. I refuse. <laughs> Those words will never of come out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to know that uh, an attempt was made. Like it, it, and it kind of does taste like uh, a cop lover, you know, when you, when you sink your teeth into it. It tastes like a yeah, problematic femme fatale. This is uh, the thing with Lana Del Rey for me is I think I've heard maybe 20 seconds of Lana Del Rey, yet I know almost everything about her outside of her music. Could you do a one second impression of her? Uh, yeah <laughs> is that close yeah or it'd be like uh. <laughs> kind of like someone maybe dying on top of a piano mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like lying there like wasting away on top of a piano in like 50s vintage right like marilyn monroe's dying breath on top of baby uh, grant yeah I could be wrong, but that's... Like, on top of a Cadillac. Uh, right. <laughs> Park next to the beach. Uh, people love Lana. I have nothing against her. I just, I don't know that what, it, uh, I've just never sought her out. Uh, yet her uh, influence on culture is enormous. Unparalleled. I mean, listen, I think she's a tremendous songwriter. Norman Effing Rockwell, that was a moment. That's what I've heard. I, th I think she's terrific. It's just interesting to parse out. It's it's an interesting. Uh, uh, I think Ann Powers, the music critic over at NPR, she drew a lot of parallels to like what she does in her music, what Lana does, and what Randy Newman used to do right. in his music, which is like a lot of satire, singing in character. But I think what we didn't anticipate, especially with Lana, was like she's kind of for real. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> it's not a character. I really believe some of this oh, weird stuff. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, <laughs> and that is different. Um, <laughs> Oh, Lana, reach out. Um, yeah, she'll bring a gift. She'll bring me a gift. Yeah. She might write me a song that's problematic in some way. What a great gift. <laughs> Has anyone done a music-oriented gift on this show? The only... In your 144 episodes of the show? The is one... It, is it gi the gift from the very beginning is Amy Mann wrote the theme song and performed, wow. which may be the best gift I will ever receive. Man. Uh, man, indeed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fact that... Amy Mann knows me in any way is still shocking to me. She's that makes one us the, the magnolia of podcasting, you know, like <laughs> right. this is the this is. equivalent and of I magnolia. Am, uh, I'm forgetting. I'm You're so Frank TJ Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> you respect the pod and tame the cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is the one musical thing that's been given to me so far. But look. We've, you know, this episode airs in 2024. There's multiple guests in the meantime. Somebody could write me a song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Somebody could do a dance. Uh, I hope I'm not forgetting somebody who's like, who wrote me a meaningful song. Who literally song like at some gave point. you this guitar or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's time to play a game. Oh. Do you want to play Gift or a Curse or Gift Master? I'll tell you how to play when we begin playing. Oh, 
But I don't know how to play until I pick one. Yes, that's the danger. Gift that's or a curse or gift master is what it's Yes. Called. Okay, let's do gift or curse. Okay. I need a number between one and ten from you. Four. Okay, I have to do some light calculating. Okay. So while I'm doing this, you can promote. You can recommend. You can do whatever you want. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's been out for three years, but The Chair on Netflix starring Sandra Oh, taking a look at the world of academia, a terrific show. Uh, what's funny is Amanda Pete created it along with another woman. Amanda Pete is the wife of David Benioff, who uh, did a show called Game of Thrones. So Weiss and Benioff produced the show in some of my cheeky little line about that uh, show, The Chair. It's a six-episode, half-hour show on Netflix. Is You know what? That's the best thing Weiss and Benioff ever did on TV. And everyone's like, oh, but I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> the Chair, I've heard it's good. Yeah. Sandra O, oh, National Treasure. That's all I know about it. Mm-hmm. And then this Benioff and et cetera. Sandra O, oh, Holland Taylor. If oh, you like another Holland. treasure. Yeah. Um, all that aside, it's time for gift or curse. This is how we play. I'm going to name three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. Okay. Now, you have to be extremely careful because there are correct answers. Oh. Um, this isn't just some opinion thing. This isn't just... How does Kevin feel today? What does Kevin think? This is their correct answers. So be careful. You don't want to lose. That'd be so shameful. No, I wouldn't want to shame myself on this right. podcast. Right. You've done it enough already. Whoa. And, I mean, well, yeah, with the muffin <laughs> stuff. That was embarrassing. Good grief. Number one. Yeah. Gift or a curse. Quicksand. Quicksand. Oh, that's a... You know, I mean, my instinct is say curse. Right. But that, I feel like you're being a little tricky dicky. <laughs> And I may not should pick that one as curse. So uh, no, I'm gonna follow my heart. I'll say curse. I and think it's why? A curse. Because quicksand, if I step into it, will curse me to the grave. <laughs> I believe because <laughs> there's no getting out of that for me. Uh, any sort of like bodily harm I I encounter in my life, I'm gonna fully my, give myself over to immediately. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, Kevin, you got it. Oh, great. Quick sense, absolutely a curse. Maybe not for the reason you're saying. I, mm-hmm. For me, personally, I love the idea of quicksand. I love the idea of getting stuck in quicksand. It sounds exotic. It sounds mm-hmm, exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds like, you know, uh, what a thrill to be trapped in a pool of sand that is going to suck you into the earth it's and an you're adventure. gone. Yeah. It's something that only the likes of Indiana Jones or... Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes. <laughs> R.I.P. That uh, death was, could have been avoided if she had just stepped around the trap. But uh, we all know that her skeleton is resting at the bottom of uh, kind of a soupy sand. And it's gorgeous. <laughs> For me, I would love to get stuck in quicksand. Has anyone actually... Does it exist? Does quicksand, quicksand? actually exist? Of course exist? it exists. Of I course. I feel like it's only in DuckTales. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it must exist. Okay, Annalise is pointing out a uh, does quicksand exist? Oh, wow. And now here we go. This is the information from a quick Google search. So don't take, I don't want to put anyone in danger, Mm -hmm. but this says, nope, quicksand, that is sand that behaves as liquid because it's saturated with water, can be a a mucky nuisance, but it's basically impossible to die in the way that is depicted in movies. That's because quicksand is denser than the human body. And that's from Britannica. So I don't know if I, you know, Look, quicksand. So I think ultimately it is a curse, though, because it's kind of this lifelong dream of mine to die 
a la Kakizita, <laughs> okay, um, in a pool of quicksand, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. No, I'm sorry you had to find out this way. I it's know, live on a podcast. I, uh, I would, of course, love to edit out this dash dream from the episode, but we're going to yeah. leave it in. And we'll cut we- out like the last twenty to thirty minutes of this episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. 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 <laughs> we are letting the we're confronting issues on this podcast. We're facing them in a positive way, and my dash dream has been confronted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quicksand doesn't exist. It's a curse. All right. What's the second most uh, wanted way to die for you? Uh, thrown from a plane. Okay. Okay. I yeah. uh, I'm not gonna have children, unfortunately. Uh, but the hope was, I mean, the dream would be to have grandchildren. Have a will that stipulates if you want this, you have to throw me from a plane. I think you could get grandchildren. I think you could have like a surrogacy thing, and then like stipulate, I don't want the kid, but I want the grandkid. <laughs> <laughs> and then it looks like only grandchildren exist. My life. look, this is what I the the goal is now. I'm uh, maybe one of my nieces will have kids. I'll have grand children grand oh. what does that become a grand niece i guess that's a grand niece yeah that makes sense i'll tell you what it becomes a headache <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of someone who hasn't seen his nieces or nephews in four years because <laughs> of the pandemic of course the pandemic that's been raging since 2017 <laughs> um, uh grand nieces and nephews will be required to throw me from a plane okay uh if they want those bucks so uh, obviously the quicksand's not an option. So they're gonna, you know, there'll be tears, there'll be thrills, there'll be grand tears uncle and thrills. Just plummeting towards Earth, mm-hmm. and then they'll probably have to use the money for legal fees, I assume, because mm-hmm. now suddenly they're murderers. It's they, complicated. They could put a GoPro on you and make a pretty sick TikTok, though. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Okay. Oh, you're one for one so far. This is very impressive. Uh, Thank number you. two, this is from a listener named Phoebe. Phoebe has suggested, gift or a curse, corn on the cob. Oh, you know, I feel like for me, it takes me back to <sighs> Texas cuisine is very near and dear to my heart. Okay, so right. going to a local Texas establishment like Chili's. Chili's. And going to get the chicken crispers <laughs> with cider fries and a corn on the cob. I mean, that takes me back to like right after church. No one knows where to go for lunch. We all end up going to Chili's, even though no one actually wants to go there. But we decide it's <laughs> fine. We get the chicken crispers, we get the fries, and we get the corn on the cob. And I could see for like the more toothy among us that it could be a little problematic right. to get in that corn on the cob. I'm going to fall on my heart again and say it's a gift. I think it's a gift. Flavor-wise, it's a gift. And maybe that's just the sweet corn crunch ice cream in my head <laughs> talking right now. But I'd say gift. Kevin! <clears throat> no. Oh shoot! Oh, Corn sorry, on the Dexter. Cob. <laughs> oh, Dexter is freaking out. No, Dexter's fine. He's perfectly. What we've got. We'll post some sort of picture to the Instagram of this yeah. dog. He is a gem. But we can't get into Dexter right now because I need to tell you why corn on the cob is a curse. And it's because it's gross. I okay. hate corn. I like surprisingly corn things. This ice cream you described mm-hmm. wonderful. I love a corn chip. I love a corn tortilla. But give it to me on the cob. And you love being corny. I love. <laughs> I love corniness. Uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, love a corny performer. I love a corny entertainment. Uh, but you love Corrine Bailey Ray. You love <laughs> <laughs> who is that girl? Put your corns on. <laughs> We're getting way way out of my depth okay. with the corn world. Uh, corn on the cob curse chilies. Yeah. Out of all that type of restaurant, now listen. I haven't been there since two thousand one. 
seems like the best of those. Would you say that? You know, your uh, Applebee's, the chain restaurants. Your... Well, definitely better than Applebee's. Applebee's I think everything's like, better than Applebee's. That's like when people compare Shake Shack to In-N-Out. It's like Shake Shack's better because it's not even in the same category. What? Are, oh, In-N-Out. God. I'm not even yeah. going to get into uh, We're not approaching we that territory we're not right now. Either, so this can't be a okay. screaming podcast. <laughs> uh, you've gotten one out of two so far, so you're in dangerous territory, mm-hmm. and that's fine. This third one is also a listener suggestion. Someone named Kelsey has written in. Gift or a curse, couples who sit on the same side of the booth at a restaurant. Well, my my instinct is curse because I remember being so annoyed by that, especially like, I don't know why, but I remember 10 years ago being annoyed by that, maybe because I link it in my head to couples that would get married and then merge their Facebook accounts. Oh, boy. uh, Or their social media accounts. But there's something lovely about people being committed to each other and desiring closeness. But I'm going to let my cynicism rule this and say it's a curse. Kevin, you're right. I, okay. can't, I can't make an argument. There's no world where I'm going to argue that's a gift. So this the is behavior. three curses in a row? <laughs> Look, we live in a cursed world. <laughs> wow. A cursed age. Mm-hmm. and we were Especially this year, well, given we, the election <laughs> stuff that's going on 2024, right now. 2024, we've been through a lot. Oh, gosh. Um, the Zeta variant. Oh, we hated. <laughs> that killed. It crawled out of that quicksand. Out of her her body out of the skeleton zeta was patient she was carrying mm-hmm. that thing mm-hmm. and the quicksand revealed it and <laughs> kind of you know that specter flew out of the quicksand nobody saw it coming but it was exciting it was exciting so that's it was fun. fun and then you know it's essentially just kevin and i left here on earth and we're uh hoping this reaches the outer limits that someone hears our voices uh rescue us we're two people sitting on the same side of a booth at a restaurant here on Earth. We are. That's what it feels like. I, and Annalise is the one judging us. Yeah, <laughs> like, I forgot really? that Annalise okay. was here. <laughs> Look, but that is their job as producer is to kind of vanish. And Annalise does an excellent job only revealing uh, when there's some piece of news such as the quicksand knowledge. Okay, back to the people on the same side of the booth. I've worked at restaurants. I've been at restaurants. Okay. What are we doing if there's another, look, if there's somebody else on the other side of the booth, of course, you can sit next to each other. But what are you doing? Like, how are you having a conversation sitting next to each other? I like it when it is like, yeah, a couple and then their friend on the other side. I think that's that makes nice sense. Fun. Mm-hmm. That's like makes some logical sense. But when it's just them and then there's an empty side of the booth, unless they're communicating with the dead, uh, we're not at a sock hop. We're not, you know. Here we go. Preach, look. preach. <laughs> We're not at a sock hop. Yes. You are not sitting next to each other unless the other part of the booth is occupied. Mm-hmm. I am now imagining kind of the haunted mansion of it all when you go through and it, like you have uh, the ghosts next to you. Do you know that? Of Disneyland? course. Yes. There would be a little hologram projection. So if that's happening, if something like that's happening at the restaurant and you're talking to the ghost of, you know, Chili's. Okay. Go for it. Otherwise, get out. Don't do that. It bothers everybody. Nobody can understand what's going on in your relationship. If you're sharing a Facebook account, of course, that's well-trodden territory. Obviously, someone was cheating at some point. Um, Curse. Curse. Okay. Curse. Two Disney adults sitting on the same side of the booth. (laughs) One's wearing a goofy hat. One's wearing a mini hat. Can they make it work? I don't know. Um, Kevin, you got two out of three. I got two out of three. That's so not bad. Okay yeah. That feels pretty good. Technically, to me. it's a majority. Um, corn on the cob's a tricky one. Nobody blames you for that. 
Uh, look, we have to. This is the final segment of the podcast. It's called "I Said No Emails." We oh. have to answer a listener question. Oh, lovely! Are you in the mood? Yeah, I'm in the mood. Uh, how many? How many of these do you get a week? Like we email? get, we get too like, many, okay. which can feel sometimes. Um, Look, I don't want to discourage people. They write into I said no gifts at gmail.com. I'm trying to be as helpful as possible. Mm-hmm. But there's only I can only give so much. My I know. List, my guest can only give so much. Here's what I get intimidated by. I was uh, you know, I saw the documentary and then the movie starring Tom Hanks, and then I read the book, the biography of Mr. Rogers, of Fred Rogers. And his big thing with correspondence is that he would respond to literally every single person who wrote in. <laughs> That's which, incredible. I mean, what? Which we always like, um, I feel like uh, guys like us, you know, like we talk about like, oh, so many emails and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but we probably still never got as many as he no did. No way. Not <laughs> In terms a chance. of like snail mail stuff. But he still did it. I so will say this. I respond to every email. Really? Just I try to respond to every email. Like, you know, respond. Yeah. I got it. I, I, uh read the email, respond to mm-hmm. it, and say, I'll try to get to it as quickly as I can. Um, that said, That's very quickly admirable. is relative. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to stay on top of it. I'm trying to be a professional, but again, there's only so much I can do, and my blood sugar is frequently very low. And so... Well, freaking stuff one of those in your mouth. Yeah, I'm gonna, maybe I'll eat some of these and uh, you know, respond to more. Yeah, I don't know. That's email fuel right there. That's what you're looking <laughs> at. <laughs> Okay, this is uh, the question. Uh, Let's see here. This is kind of a long one, so buckle in. Hello, Bridger, and despicably disrespectful guest with no honor. So usually they kind of butter up the guest. This person's just attacking you. This person's, I don't know, and it's honor with a U. It's because uh, I'm I'm a bad boy who disobeyed and brought a gift. Right, this person knew where you were coming from. Uh, Honor with a U, so we're immediately dealing with someone outside of the United States, so be prepared. Uh, I'm a huge fan, oh, interesting, and have been listening to your podcast since the very beginning. Uh, God bless you. I am someone who thinks he is relatively good at gifting, at least with my family, but I find myself in a gifting predicament and desperately need your help. At the beginning of the month, I moved into a new apartment in downtown Toronto. There we go. Outside of the United States, we're dealing with a Canadian. On move-in day, I was greeted by many friendly residents of my apartment building and had small talk while carrying boxes up to my unit. Everyone was so friendly and welcoming. Halfway through the day, once the truck was unloaded and I was unboxing my belongings, I received a knock on the door from a friendly older man in the building. He welcomed me to the building and gifted me a bottle of red wine from him and his partner. Nothing fancy. Okay, well, look, it may have been fancy for him. I feel like uh, criticizing the bottle of wine is a little cruel. Uh... (laughs) Uh, I kindly thanked him. Two buck chug, real cheap shit. This guy's (laughs) broke. (laughs) Uh, I kindly thanked him and accepted the wine before he left me to continue unpacking. Mm -hmm. I asked my friends afterward if I'm now obligated to give him a thank you gift or a card of some sort, to which I received mixed responses. How many people did you reach out to here? Did you crowdsource this response? I mean, ask one person. And now you're asking (laughs) a podcast? Okay. It's now been a month since I moved, possibly longer, depending on when you read this. It is 2024, as mentioned multiple Uh times. Uh, You and this man could be dead. Uh, And I still haven't done anything about the gift. Well, the Zeta variant. (laughs) The Zeta variant. Of course, taking care of them. Uh, Should I feel bad for not reaching out over a gift from a stranger? Hmm. To make matters worse, I completely forgot his name. I do that all the time. Most of the people in my life, I don't know their name. That's my big secret. Uh, This is me, Bridger, saying that, not this person. Uh, I completely forgot his name, his partner's name, and his unit number, so I don't even know how I would give him a card or gift. 
okay, we're not done. Uh, do I owe him a gift? Do I seem like an unappreciative millennial? They all are. Listen. Uh, uh, <laughs> Glenn Beck here. Um, let's see. For not delivering a gift or thank you card. Do I admit to forgetting their name if I run into them? Should I just move again so that I never run into him again? Or should I get plastic surgery? Okay, what are we talking about here? I'm spiraling and I need your help to put my conscience at ease. Okay, sincerely, Kai from Toronto, he, him. Okay, Kai, you've, uh, look, first of all, Kai, this could have been three sentences long. You know it, Kevin knows it, I know it, Annalise knows it. You sent in an encyclopedia. I'm so lost, I'm in quicksand. <laughs> no, I got this. Okay, Kevin. I got it, because I've been in this exact same situation, but not as the recipient, but as the giver. Oh. I am now at the place I live, which I won't dox myself for, but as far as my units go and the people that, uh, that my landlord, uh, that people who pay money for rent, his tenants, I'm his most veteran tenant of all of them. And the situation is one where... I only share a wall with one person, but then okay. it's units in front, like little, like separate houses. Oh, sure, sure. Or like little separate units. And so what I do every time someone new moves in is I bake them something like that. Right. I type them a typewritten card saying, welcome what? to the neighborhood. Who are Here's you? Here's a little gift of goodies, blah, blah, blah. Here's my phone number just in case you need me. Right. For anything. If there's anything you need, just trying to be a good neighbor. What are you hiding, Kevin? Well, the motive isn't fully altruistic because it is sowing. Well, I mean, but hopefully it's reciprocal in that right. it's like sowing the seeds of being a good neighbor <laughs> where it's like, Hey, I got a little dog named Dexter. Sometimes he whines when I leave. Oh, I right, hope it's right, not right. annoying and just general neighbor stuff. And even just like that little bit of a relationship will pay off dividends in the future. If you just establish, not even like we're best friends now, but just like, Hey, I'm not insane <laughs> and like weird. I'm not a weird person. You can eat this thing. Here's this cute little dude I've kept alive. Um, I don't expect a gift in return you don't expect. when people do it. I think um, in the times I've done it, I've put my phone number on it so they have my number. And they've usually text me like, oh, the cookie was so good. Thanks so much. And that's right. all it is. And that's all I need. I don't need a gift in return. I, I don't think it becomes like a like a, a, a never-ending feedback loop that you enter right. into by just receiving a gift. I think the neighbor, Kai, is probably expecting nothing in return. I think the idea is just neighborly goodwill. A smile in the hallway. Mm -hmm. It's not a trap to get into, like, okay, now I gave him a gift. Now he gives me a gift. Like, it's not, I don't think that's actually what's going on. And I think it's fully fine to admit that you don't know someone's name. Two words. Mm -hmm. Rosemary's baby. Okay. <laughs> this person could be trying to get into Kai's life. Uh, you know, I kind of subtly trying to, you know, Satan needs to have a baby. Uh-huh. And Kai, for whatever reason, is the choice. And this Satanist and his partner have brought the bottle of wine. I think you just, all I'm going to say is be careful. Be careful. And you know what? After Bridger said that, I think that is correct. Kind of forget everything I said. Be on the lookout. Be Always be looking over your shoulder, right. Kai, for this sweet older gentleman and his partner, <laughs> maybe Satan. Perhaps. Um, we don't know. We would love a follow-up next year. Right. Not a, you, when we so know many more. details in this email yet. No mention of Satan <laughs> being the partner. Uh, could have helped a lot. Could have uh, provided some clarity here. Uh -huh. uh, Kai, better luck next time writing an email in. I can't give you any more... <laughs> Any more <laughs> suggestions or help? That's on you, Kevin. Yes, I cannot wait to eat 
this treat. I can't wait for you to eat them either. I probably should have eaten it on the podcast, but then I wonder. That like, was I, a thought. I'm, but, cautious, uh, I'm very cautious about mouth noise. Well, of course you would take the microphone away like a but true then it's like, gentleman. What are we dealing with? Just silence? Should I take no, a bite I, and have a I, silence? I would be vamping the whole time be like, okay. I'm His going to do it. We thought it was the end of the podcast. I'm about to eat part of this treat. Yeah. Well, and part of part of it, and you can go ahead and dig in while I say this, but part of what I thought might happen is like, oh, I'll make him eat it and him guess what it is whilst eating. That would have been an excellent thing. That would have been diabolical yeah. and perfect. And what, what's some other stuff that would have been better that we didn't do? <laughs> Start over the recording. Let's get back into it. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. Hey, let's do it. I'm Bridger Weiniger. Uh, Annalise, do you want to try this too? Let's split one of these. Yeah. We're going to eat off mic. Kevin can do whatever he wants. Oh, that's so nice. Well, Kevin, do you want one? You know, I've had one. So I'm good. Thank you. I did satiate my palate before coming here. You know, this is the second time I've made this recipe, and it, it, it came out a little softer this time, more like almost a monkey bread, if you're familiar. I'm sure you are. Uh, and a little bit different. Uh, the last time, it was a bit of a crispier bar, uh, which I don't know if that had to do with, like, using tin foil or not uh, when I baked it. But honestly, a not difficult recipe to do for people wanting to do it. Phenomenal. Great. That, I mean... <laughs> Frequently, there will be a baked good with a cheesecake element that doesn't really, the cheesecake, you don't, this t has the texture of cheesecake, mm -hmm. which is something that most baked goods with the cheesecake lack, I think. Yeah, well, you got to chill it. That's the thing. You got to chill it after you bake it. But it's also a snickerdoodle. Mm -hmm. Everyone's favorite cookie to say. Do you think you would have been able to guess what it was just purely by taste? This is, I wouldn't have been able to say snickered. Well, maybe I would have started thinking, mm. what is he doing? I would have said, what it's is a cinnamon doing? crumble cheesecake bar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, yeah, is just which is technically correct. Another name for snickerdoodle. Yes, very accurate. Whoever came up with the snickerdoodle, I don't know. What were they doing? Uh, they were laughing while drawing. They were laughing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, I waited till the very end of the podcast to eat the dessert, and I hope that that... Um, that is a thrilling climax uh, you know uh, yeah I, you've got this is a three-act structure beginning middle and end this is the epilogue this is the satisfying yeah. conclusion <laughs> um kevin thank you this was so much fun thanks for having me what a nice time and dexter thank you for being here and being such a polite dog he says thank you wow um yeah, he said it in full english i'm mm -hmm. very impressed and listener this is the end of the podcast um you know, we recorded it in my office, and I appreciate you putting up with pandemic audio in every way and form. Uh, oh, I think people are used to it. You know what? People are listening to this at home or in their cars or on their commutes, and they're saying, this sounds like my echo office. This sounds like <laughs> the bathroom stall I go in to cry when I'm at work. <laughs> this sounds <laughs> like home for me. <laughs> Listener, it feels great to cry together. And I'm glad you were here. Take care. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an exactly right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do considering everything I do for you. 
And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. But I invited you here. I thought I made myself perfectly clear. When you're a guest in my home, you gotta come to me. So how do you dare to disobey?